So way back in 2019, when I was taking my sabbatical, um, <laughs> uh, Christian brought on um, an amazing DP, someone I've worked with twice, I think twice, maybe more, um, Allison Anderson. So I wasn't around for this interview, but I know Allison personally, and she is amazing, a dream to work with, insanely talented. And um, Christian sat down and uh, had a chance to talk with her and uh, kind of talk through her process and her story. And uh, Christian is away this week, so it is my honor and privilege to uh, let you know about our amazing sponsors, musicbed.com. Go check them out for all your music licensing needs. They've been kind enough to give all of our listeners 20% off using the code GOOD. Oop, I just got a text. And also our other sponsor... Film Supply for all of your footage licensing needs. Uh, they have collected an amazing catalog of footage from tons of really talented filmmakers. And uh, you can go over there and also get 20% off with the coupon code GOODPODCAST. So make sure you check out Musicbed and Film Supply for all of your licensing needs. But for now, just sit back, relax and listen to Christian and Allison Talk Show. Um, so we talked earlier, but where are, you, where are you living right now? I'm in Brooklyn. I'm in Red Hook, Brooklyn. Red Hook? Yeah. Have you been? I've never heard of Red Hook, Brooklyn. No. Oh my gosh. It's a really fun place. It's, uh, it's like a sleepy little seaside village in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's like an so old it's port like, town. Is it like lower Brooklyn? Um, it's like, yeah, it's a bit further south of Dumbo, like 15 minutes Gotcha. on the, okay. on the water. But not as south as like Prospect Park or anything like that? No, uh, it's like pretty close to Prospect, but it's like further, um, it's not on the park at all. But it's, gotcha. it's also like, um, it, the train doesn't really go here, so it's just kind of like a different vibe and people here Interesting. are, yeah, there's like interesting characters here and you really got to like make a trip to get here, so it's like. Right. Yeah, it's kind of, it has like a bit of a reputation for being a little like weird, but people love it because there's like a bunch of famous places to eat and like a really cool bar. Right. Uh, yeah, some stuff like that. Do you remember why you moved to, to New York or why you made that decision? Yeah, I always wanted to come to New York and I wanted to come here for college originally, but um, I couldn't really afford it because I really wanted to go to NYU and I didn't get... Yeah, like waitlist or something. I don't even think I really <laughs> right. did. Um, but uh, yeah, and I couldn't really afford it. So I ended up in Chicago and then I ended up moving to Colorado to go see you. And then I went back to Chicago and then I was actually working in rentals. And uh, after college for about a year um, in, in Santa Fe, I opened up a camera shop there with the camera shop I worked for at the time. And um, I was just like, once that sort of deal was up, I was just kind of like, I really want to live in New York still. So right. I applied for a job at a different rental house here and I got it. And I just like packed up all my stuff and moved like two weeks later. <laughs> and I just with wow. like two suitcases and just kind of was like, I'm doing it. So. Did you have anything lined up or anything? Well, I had the job. So I didn't okay, tell so them but, that I didn't but you live weren't there. Doing like any, <laughs> so at that time you, you weren't doing yeah. anything uh, freelance wise or anything like that. Um, yeah. I mean, I was ACing a lot. And okay. working like part time at this rental house, um, yeah, kind of like as needed because it was a kind of a that was when the New Mexican like film boom was happening. Right. So I was just sort of like manning their operation there. Was um, was there like a profinity to like the gear side of things for some reason? No, I think it was more the fact that like what did I need to make, like what did I need to keep shooting? Like if right. you really strip it down, like I need a camera a lens, a battery, a card. Like, where do I get those things? Right. <laughs> I'm like, um, so yeah, it was more, my affinity was actually originally more towards the lighting side. Um, mm. uh, yeah. So, and then I kind of got into camera as, as I started to realize I didn't know as much about cameras and I just wanted to know everything because I mean, it's, I want, I had to know the ins and outs of all the, the technical right. stuff so I could kind of right. use it or have, have a bit more control over what I was saying. Right. But was it always sort of um, like was being a cinematographer sort of the the goal, obviously, or was were you still trying to figure it out at that time? 
Yeah. Um, no, I think I've always really gravitated towards the camera and, uh, and lighting and mm-hmm. movement and, and that sort of thing. I kind of came up through originally through more of like an experimental background where I was like really into like experimental films and doing all this crazy stuff throughout like high school and college where I'd like, you know, scratch into the film and paint on it and do all these different like techniques and develop it and mm-hmm. like, like in the bath. And so I would do some stuff like that or shoot stuff and then do stuff over it. Um, and so I kind of always experimented heavily, but I think once I started filming more like narrative stuff, style stuff it was always really um really captivated by by stories right Um, and i felt like the closest to those stories when i was able to sort of capture them through the camera and the lighting yeah right so not going to film school or like not being able to afford it or whatever how were you sort of self like what was your self film school? Like what were you studying? No, I did go to film school. I just didn't go in New York. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I, I guess I'm sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. I'm trying I was, to remember. I was nonspecific. I've been like so many places. It's so hard to right. like, I need to like find a way to sum it up a little bit better probably. Um, so what was, what was the name of the film school again? I went to Columbia College in Chicago oh, gotcha. and CU Boulder. Went to both gotcha. Yeah. I guess I've never, I haven't heard of um, either of those. Oh yeah, um, Columbia yeah. College is a pretty big one. It's definitely a bit more um, like a. I think they're like in general. I might be. It was at the time. It's definitely a little stronger on like the craft side of it. Like mm-hmm. a lot of like really great like technical stuff. Like everybody out of there from like my program, I feel like is they're all in LA, and a ton of them are shooting. A ton of them are gaffers. A ton of them are camera assistants. Like right. very successfully. Um, yeah, so it was a pretty big school for that, but I think the writing and directing portion of it was a bit smaller or like less renowned, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. From what I gathered, I'm not right. Sure. Did you feel like coming out of film school, like pretty, like prepared for the work that you kind of soon got after that? Um. Oh God, no! But I never really took school like that that seriously. Mm-hmm. because I didn't think it was like their job to prepare me for anything. I tried to like start working before I even left, you know, just so I could be right. prepared. Um, I do think they did a good job of like teaching us a lot of the tools that we were going to like encounter, you know, or like um, we got a lot of experience with like on hand experience with like equipment and stuff like that. But um, I don't know. I think they were always <laughs> a little hard on me too. Cause I, what do you mean? I don't know. I was always kind of like, I was always like doing like stuff that wasn't the assignment, but I'd be doing like way more work. (laughs) But like, you know, they'd be like, this is a, you need to do like a lighting change in this one exercise, like in one shot. Like for example, a light switch turns on and a burglar's in the house or something. And instead I would just make like five or like lighting changes in one shot. And it'd be like this experimental film with all these unmotivated like situations and I'd be like and then I would spend like a week producing it shooting it and editing it like and they'd be right. like well that wasn't the assignment I was like I know but it's so much more right right <laughs> so I don't know I I don't know my teachers are all just really confused I think sometimes with what to do right yeah. did you have like I can I didn't go to film school and I think the thing that I wish that I had was obviously that time where you sort of find your people right like you find like the the type of collaborators that you like to work with and like you know you don't have to necessarily figure that out you know on the job um you know years later or something but who were those kind of people that you were sort of gravitating towards and like what were they doing and what were you guys doing at the time together yeah oh yeah I have so many friends from um that I went to film school with that I still keep in touch with on a very regular basis or we work together in certain capacities like most of the crew that I hired now, or a lot of them in Los Angeles, at least, um, most of them are from from there in some way. One of my best friends is an AC, um, and she's like traveling the world, and she's on a ton mm-hmm. of shows. She works for Darius Kanji and stuff now, but wow. um, I use her all the time whenever I can get uh, whenever I can get her available. But um, so that's one been really fun um, to like we get to like travel together and work on shows or shoots and like make money sometimes sometimes just you never know but it's it's always like good to have a friend there you know um and then yeah like at the 
at those times too, I felt like we kind of were doing the same thing. It was just a little bit, nobody was really like watching us. It was just like whatever crazy like project I had going on with everyone kind of like gather in or it was like, or our friends or something that everyone just kind of gather around it and try to make, make something of it. I don't know. And like practice their, their own skills or something. Right. Yeah. Did you get, did you guys have like a sort of like a co um, sort of like philosophy about film at that time? As far as like maybe who the, like the directors you're watching or the types of films that you guys are watching and sort of trying to emulate that in some way? Um, not off the top. Of, sorry, I don't really understand. Like, did we try to emulate certain people's yeah, work? Yeah, I guess like, so like for me, like when I first started, like I, I met people like, um, people like Jared and people like, um, some people that are working that I was working with. And I guess like there was a time where, um, even like my brother or something was sort of just like feeding me like material. Like, I guess I'm wondering if there was like people in your life that were sort of, um, like sort of feeding you your taste, you know, like the things that you eventually come to love, you know? Oh yeah. I don't know. I feel like I started that in high school more than anything. So I think like that would have been a pretty big period of like how, when I started developing that taste as opposed to college maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was like sharing a bunch of like foreign films with people in college and everyone was like, Right. I guess high school is sort of that time where you are building that taste and then college is sort of like maybe trying to show it off a little bit or like trying trying to to find your own voice from like all of the things that you sort of like love and seeing like where you fit and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Do you remember some of those films? Yeah. Like I remember um, Amoris Peros is a really big one for me um, in high school. When I had found it, I remember. I just thought it was like it just was so different from anything I had seen. Right. And like I didn't grow up being like a big movie buff. Like my family right. wasn't like like I love them, but they're not like super movie people by any means. You know, like I think we definitely watched movies, but it wasn't like a you know there wasn't like anything. Right. There wasn't this like gravity of like it being art or culture to it. You know. Right. Um, so did you did you ever have like when growing up in like that environment where films weren't like you weren't like exploring new films on like a regular basis. Did you have like the vibe of like you'd find a film and like almost feel like you found it, like no one else had found it yet? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when I started, like I was in this um, class in high school, it was called analysis and criticism and we would watch foreign films and we would have to write like a paper about them essentially, right. like learning how to analyze and to criticize cinema. Mm. But they were all like these incredible foreign films that were especially foreign because I barely watched movies at the time, you know, like, right. and they were just like blowing my mind. Like I couldn't believe some of the stuff that people were doing with the medium and um, even stuff like some earlier stuff of like Lars von Trier's Golden Heart trilogy, like his, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. of those films, you know, you you, like I think I saw Dancer in the Dark in that class, and it's just like, oh my god, like, just, you know, you know that now right. it's like, I don't even know what if I watched it now if I would feel the same way. But I mean, Lars von tries is that's pretty deep. I mean, yeah. for high school especially. <laughs> yeah, his stuff just like really like, and um, what's the one with um, Nicole Kidman where it's all very like, um, oh oh. It's like the Brechtian sort of like play, Dogville, that's what it's called. Yeah. And like that one was just like, it's, they were just these like really tragic stories, you know? And I was just like, right. I don't know why I was drawn to that in high school. Maybe that said something. But, um, and then there was like a Maurice Peros where it was just visually just like stunning and so like textured and like, mm-hmm. you know, the shot composition was so like, I don't know, just, it was, that, I think that was one of the more, like, crazy handheld films right. I've, like, seen. And it was just, like, I don't know. It just, like, like, captured me, you know? Right, right. I don't know how else to really describe it. Yeah. Um, but I felt, like, that feeling where you're just, like, oh, my God, has anyone else seen this? Right, right. Of course they had, you know? But but in the moment, yeah. you don't know that, especially as a kid. You're just, like, wow. And, like, none of my friends outside of that, like, would want to watch something like that. So I just felt right. kind of like, so I would just start taking those movies. He had a huge collection of DVDs and my teacher, um, Kevin Clark, 
and he would uh he would just let me rent out dvds like over the winter break i'd take like 15 movies and like just go to town you know it was like great and i think i started watching uh I did a big project on Mikael Haneke's work, some of his earlier stuff. That was mm. before, like, The White Ribbon and The Moor had come out. Um, so he was a little bit less known, I think. But right. Yeah, some of that stuff just, like, really, like, yeah, con- I connected with it a lot. And I thought it was the power of cinema was just so vast and infinite to me at that time. Right. Um, Do you feel like you are still sort of figuring out, like, your taste? Do you feel like taste, like, changes over time or is it continuing to change for you or or do you feel pretty set yeah that's interesting i think it evolves i don't think it really like inherently changes you know Mm. what i mean like i think as you go different things start to influence you and it's not always cinema most oftentimes actually for me it's not even it'll be like different different types of art or different forms or music music is a big one like they start to really like shift your perspective but it all feels like it's I don't know how to describe this perfectly but it, it all feels like it's attached to the same place you know what I mean hmm. like yeah, yeah. across different mediums and it all feels like it's still within your realm of like taste but I right. think yeah yeah but in that way it sort of evolves because you have a bit more of like a holistic uh, like look on life and like your place in it and right um yeah, and creating and, I don't know, and being kind of like... Do you feel like there's some things that you, like, just act, actually can't... Like, I, I always, like, for me, like, my taste... I think, like, I get... Like anybody else, like, I get into different things at different times, like... And those kind of go with, like, I guess, seasons of life or something, but... Definitely. Um, there's certain things that when I see a movie or I hear music, I just will never like. You know what I mean? Which like brings me to like the things that it's on the opposite side. I I have things that I just, for some reason, am naturally always attuned to, you know? Yeah. I don't, does that make sense? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, can you learn to like something that maybe you didn't like before or does that ever change as your life changes? Right. Like, I guess like what you were, you were kind of getting at is like, there's always this thread between things that like gets my heart going for some reason yeah and like but it's always I, I, at least for me like especially with music i found that it's for some reason it always is the same type of thing yeah. you know whether it's like you know bon Iver or like american football or like dr dog or something like there's like there's like similarities to like things that i just can always listen to or like always watch or something like i don't know like yeah um I'm like, I can always watch. But that, I feel like, but that always says something about like who you are and like what your perspective on life is, right? Like you might be like a really hopeful person and that's like why you, that's like the string that sort of ties all those people or stuff together. Or, I mean, I'm sure it goes much deeper than that. It's like a basic example, but I'm like, what do you think that is for you? Oh gosh. I love Bonnie Bear. Just say that, that I'm about to see him in Red Rocks. I'm so excited. Oh, really? Yeah, next week. Um, yeah. Oh, man. What is that for me? That's such a big question. Oh, man. Yeah. It just also just feels really personal. I don't know if I just want to <laughs> just yeah. like, get get into that. Or not. Yeah, I think, I think for me it's always been like this uh, overarching sort of like emotion. Like I find emotion and like almost everything. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not someone who like looks on the bright side of things. Most times I'm someone like, and that comes from my dad. And like, like you're saying, it's very personal, but like, yeah, like the idea that like, um, I always have a propensity to some sort of like style of something that I guess inherently like informs my taste in some way, you know? Yeah. And you're sort of like, yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, it's a bit cliched maybe, but it's sort of like finding this like struggle of like the human spirit and like trying to take a look at that right? and to see like where people are flawed, but how they can be understood and how if you look at anything from a different perspective or multiple different perspectives, it's going to sort of change the outcome of how you or how somebody else sees that, right. that thing or that person or that issue. Um, I think, 
yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's a little vague, but it's like, I really do no, like, I think it makes sense. I really I think, do like, like stories that are, or people more so people, but in general, also stories that are really different or that take a different look at something from a, a, a new point of view that's comes from a place of understanding because understanding each other and understanding stories and understanding people are all we really have in life and sharing those stories, you know, like, right. And those relationships with, with people as well, uh, you know, outside of that. But I feel like that's yeah. such a, that's such a inherently like human thing to be able to tell stories and t- try to understand people. Right. Or they're not even people. Sometimes it's, uh, things and by extension or ultimately we're still trying to understand our place in the world probably one way or right. another even if you're like studying metaphysics or something but right yeah yeah um and so i don't know i guess i i do tend to really gravitate towards things that are i really like my taste it's all like stuff that's like unique or like eclectic right. or like interesting or a little like off or i don't know yeah, i think you can see that yeah. in your work though i think that's why I don't know. I get it is like a very lofty question, but I'm, I like look at your work and it has, it does, you gravitate to something um, singular. Yeah. And I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out where that comes from. Yeah. But, and maybe it's like, I've gotten this word a lot. Um, I hear it a lot when people call me for things, but I get the word intimate a lot. It's, I found really yeah. interesting. And I've been thinking about like this year, I've specifically started to hear it a little more, but I was like, yeah, I guess you could say that not in like, I don't think it, you know, obviously in like a romantic way, but it's more of like a, like singular. I feel like that's, that's like yeah. a better word for it, but it also is a bit synonymous in that way. Yeah. Do you feel like with, when you watch f- films, like commercials, music videos, or what, do you feel like you have like a, um, the more experienced you get, like the higher your bullshit meter is for things? Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> When do yeah. you think I've I've can I've been kind of like trying to figure out when the shift at least I I think it's every like every time you see something I think it grows a little bit but do you remember when that sort of like coincided with your actual sort of like skills you know on set like when you're looking at a frame trying to figure out what to do or like something didn't feel right and that sort of bullshit meter kind of went off like do you remember when that started happening for you um, I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like any time when you're working in commercials, there's probably a lot of like bullshit meter stuff that's going on <laughs> at any right. given point. Uh, just because like, like b- by way of ultimately the goal for commercials to sell something, right? So even if you are telling a story, even if you are right. saying something important, it's ultimately for this purpose that's not to serve the story necessarily, right? right? So. Um, which I don't think is necessarily bad. I mean, that's the purpose of them. Um, I'm not really, but it's also like, I think there's a lot of, when you, you shoot commercials, there's all this like thought that gets put into these little details that it's, it's just, I don't know. Sometimes it's just kind of funny, yeah. <laughs> but I don't really mind it. You know, I'm like, you know what? It's We're all so lucky to be here and everybody cares <laughs> so much. And like, it is bullshit, but it's like, kind of fun bullshit and it's like people there's so so many good people that work in commercials and right um it's such a great way to like learn so much more about what your your tools and to make also make a living you know obviously right um, so yeah i don't know it's there's but there's definitely a lot of stuff that's just kind of like does it does it really like have to matter that much but right some things do <laughs> some things definitely do but ultimately right. like yeah I always try to make decisions in those situations based off of like, I don't know. I try not to do have too much bullshit on those. I try to just like keep it fun because it's like, we're all here to have fun and like do a good job and like serve the, with the director's vision or whatever. But yeah. It is an interesting sort of like, um, just ladder system and like seeing, I mean, because like even just watching, that's an. I do have an interesting question for you, and maybe without naming anybody's name, obviously. But do you have an experience where you worked with the director on a commercial, and then worked with that director on a music video or or, or feature film or something like that? Um, and is there is there like a pretty? I wonder if there's like a 
sort of innate difference that happens that you've seen? Um, I have, I have done that for sure, but I don't know that there's been like a huge difference. I'm trying to think commercial, not like not, not a ton to be honest with you. Cause I feel like a lot of the people that I work with who do commercials are mostly commercials and right. or narrative or they don't do commercials. So it's a little, well, maybe more in general. And I'm also, you know, I haven't had as much experience as maybe some of the other people like I haven't has been in, had my skin in the game as long. So sure. I'm sure that will come up as I continue. Yeah. Do you, have you found sort of maybe just in general, um, obviously they're, they're like two different animals, but in general, something that, that you like, um, sort of trying to, are you someone who likes sort of experiments with every time that you go into a commercial? Do you find it like sort of a um, experimental phase or are you really trying to nail something? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I, I do like to try to experiment where I can. I think commercials only allow you a certain amount of flexibility to experiment mm -hmm. because they have certain needs for that, you know? Um, but I do definitely always try to experiment in different ways when I'm working on something. Like short films are a huge way for me to do that, um, whether it's like, I really want to nail like my operating in this one. I really want to like right. focus on that because we're not lighting much or whatever. Or like, I really want to, since the, there's been uh, I shot this film last year that it was like my camera was completely locked off in every shot. And, you know, we shot the exact number of shots we needed to, for that movie to be cut. Like we didn't mm -hmm. shoot an extra shot. And then in that situation, it was like, I really wanted to focus more on like, how do we use like this, um, natural light in the space and it was all shot in like a one room and how we keep the, make sure that the shots are all different because we're in one room for the whole movie you know mm -hmm. like that I like to like challenge myself in those ways or like you know challenge with new lenses or combining lenses or using different film stocks or pushing the sensor like stuff like that also just technically can give you different feelings but right. definitely also those are things you usually test beforehand so um, what does your pre-production look like before you, before commercial or music video? Um, for commercial, I feel like I'm a little, um, you know, I kind of hop in a little bit later in those instances than maybe narrative stuff. But, you know, it's just like talking to the director, obviously looking over the treatment, finding creative solutions for what, what their needs are and what their vision is. And also the needs of the client or the brand or whatever as well. So, um, yeah, I feel like, and the more I work with the director, the more I feel like I can push. You know what I mean? Like the sure. first, your first time working with somebody, you're kind of like feeling it out. You kind of got to see where where they like to go with things and how their working style is. And um, I don't know. I, I think that's so fun about commercials because I love working with different people. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like to be... Um, I like to be as involved as I can be. Sometimes things come up last minute or it's like, very docu or it's very this way or that way and then you kind of have to adapt to that but i i like to be flexible in those situations and kind of like read each situation separately and kind of make sure that like i can be like supported at the best that i can in whatever right. way that it calls for right that makes sense so when when so you have a phone call with the director for let's say a commercial or something and you know we don't have to pick something like very specific but um i guess i just want to know like as soon as you guys like digest like what do you go and do to like basically um build the aesthetic with him do you have research or anything like that do you like have images or anything like that yeah sometimes they'll have like off the bat they'll just have references or images that they'll pull I, I do that sometimes. Sometimes I don't. It really just kind of depends on like what it is. If it's something really a bit more like standard, it's like we don't necessarily always have to. Or right. usually I like to pull a few for at least for like lighting, just so we're kind of on the same page. Like, hey, this is what I'm thinking for this. Because, you know, you say like sunlight, like the way I light something with sunlight coming through a window is going to look very different than somebody else does that. So it's kind of, you know, we're talking like tones and, right. and the intensity and the quality of the light. Um, so just like make sh making sure that we're all on the same page of that, um, is like a big one. I mean, I just like to, yeah, I just like to try to describe lighting references for sure. Um, movement, I feel like 
Movement for me is I do a lot of handheld stuff. So I feel like a lot of people hire me for that. I've actually moved a bit away from it in the last couple jobs I've done, which has been really like fun. A lot of like steady cam work or dollies, like who even has dollies anymore? (laughs) Right. It's like so, yeah, it's like so sad, you know, but um, no, it's been really great. And I love, I love the challenge of having something new to really like try to master or be creative with because you don't want to do the same thing all the time, you know? Right. You want to like try to find your voice in other areas as well. And like, right. how does that come through when it, when you don't have this thing, that's the sort type of movement that's really prominent in most of my work. Like, what does it look like when it's everything's locked off and you take that away? Or what does it look like when, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of a similar concept to like you liking other things, right? Like, uh, right. are you liking different things? And like, there's sort of some through line to that. I feel like anything I do, even if I'm like painting or something, it's like, it still feels kind of like me. Right. Um, in in some weird way and it kind of still feels connected to to the work I do in film right where do you think your your handheld style sort of originated from oh probably from not having money or or, (laughs) or, um, because like oh man so I really started pushing my I've been shooting since high school and with my graduation money I remember I bought this little like Canon dv camera you know when did, and you, it, when did you graduate do you mind asking yeah 20 sorry yeah uh, 2008 2008 okay yeah um i guess when i graduated high school and so i got this little camera and that's what i like did a bunch of stuff on and then i right. learned on film in college but i had this little this little guy i would like bring around and make little movies with um yeah so like i mean it was just me and the camera so it was handheld but then once i started right. working once i started really building my reel more um I was working at a rental house in uh, New York and I got, I just got insurance for the year and I would just take cameras like every night or weekend. I would just take cameras. Like I'd pack like three cases. I'd prep it like after work and I was working like a million hours a week. Um, like a lot of people in New York know me still from this time in my life. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll get on set and like have hired like an AC and be like, Hey, are you the girl from Abel? I'll be like, yeah. It was <laughs> but, uh, but I just, I just worked so much and I just like would take cameras and I would just pack it in as few cases as I could and I would just like make stuff with my friends on the nights and weekends like every night and weekend for at least like three years right yeah and like yeah just like my you know local bartender who's now a very good friend of mine like he wanted to make a music video so it's like cool like I'll grab the phantom you know like (laughs) right it was just like stuff like that and then eventually just started getting work from it so I I would edit them and color them and stuff so yeah. So what? How long? Did, how many years did you work at the rental house? That one was like three and a half years. The one in New York, yeah, it was like three and a half years. Do you have any just like standout, crazy rental house story? I feel like there's some. Weird I feel like every day was a standout crazy story. <laughs> and you could ask anyone in New York, like because it was so. It was like at this time where the that specific. Um, well, everybody knows this, but that place was just sort of the rental department was like so overloaded because they were just growing so right. fast. And like, you know, it was like constantly like we had to be buying new stuff or like we didn't have this or that. And then like, so I was like, you know, we were working really late every day. And like, yeah. I would, and I would just be prepping like these couple shows uh, at a time, probably. I don't know. It's like, right. Yeah, there were yeah, some days where it was like 21 cameras in a day. You know, you have like prep, you have like three prep techs. And it's just you like. <laughs> and that was, you said it was Able City, right? In New York? Yeah. Yeah. So shout there's, out. There's two locations my, now, right? Or am I only, or is there, there's two locations now, right? Or is there still only one? No, they use, well, there's in LA. They have an office in LA. But they oh. used to be in the West Village when I worked there. That's the one that I think I know of. Or Because every time I, I, you have to take an elevator up to the camera department, right? Yeah. So now they're in Brooklyn. They're in Industry City. Um, okay. Much bigger space. Because even at that time, it would it was really like sometimes there wouldn't be enough space for everybody to, you know. So it was like we were just like, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was quite the time. I, I remember every time crazy. I go in there, it felt like, you know, like the busyness of like an Apple store. Oh my gosh. You it know? was, yeah. Even, <laughs> yeah, it was insane some days. It was, so and we would be like, there. I'm here. Like, we do there like 12 hours a day sometimes. And then I would have to like prep the camera and like go home and shoot all weekend. And 
It was just, right. it was nuts. But they were so um, supportive of me doing that, um, which was really. So they would give you cameras cool. and stuff. Like you could they wouldn't, kind of. They wouldn't just like give them, you know, I had to like. You could work some deals. Yeah. And it was like, it was all, it was all good, but. Um, right. Yeah. But they, yeah, no, but they like, I just remember they were always really cool to me about and supportive that I was also trying to shoot, you know, which is right. super critical in that time. Cause yeah, I, I needed to, otherwise I, I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, what do you find is like sort of like the most gratifying to you right now work-wise? Um, what, what part of it or like what? I guess like what, what genre of work that you get to do, whether it's sort of um, <clears throat> documentary stuff or commercial stuff, music video oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. No, I love um, – I love like I love narrative and I love drama and I love suspense or thriller or anything in that category. I really gravitate to or just anything that's like a really. Um, I also do like a bit more of like the drama, like sort of tragedy or just like really emotionally centered narratives. I, I mm-hmm. love that kind of stuff too. Or anything that's sort of leaning a bit more experimental, where I get to play like on music videos or on um, even some commercials. You know, they are really open to that kind of stuff. So right. Um, yeah. So what was your experience like with, uh, with Jared? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Is he going to listen? Let's talk, let's talk some smack about Jared real I'd quick. love to bring it on. No, um, Jared's a wonderful human. So people did always say that we had similar voices. You do. Like do I listened. Yeah. I, when he actually told me about your podcast when I was last working with him and um i went and listened to it and i remember it was an episode where you guys were both in and i could not at first like figure out who was who <laughs> it was yeah i think you guys were talking to mark romantic or something and i was like oh, wait so wait and then yeah i was super confused yeah. yeah jared's so awesome um he's like he's so fun to travel with because he's like i was just on a travel job with him and it was me and we had two cameras and the producer was a woman I was a woman and I had two of my like really like close friends who are ACs ended up coming down with us. And so it was just like Jared and the girls, you know, <laughs> and I, I felt like he just fit. He so probably perfectly. loved that to be he honest. He did because yeah. also like, you know, he goes home and he has like, he's one of the girls, <laughs> right? you know, exactly. he's a house full of women. He knows how to fit in. He's just, know? and you know, he's just like lounging on like a couch as we're like right. gossiping over wine or something in like the background. He's just like, huh? Like, I don't know. He was just like, yeah, he's, he's hilarious. And, we had a lot of fun. We got to shoot some really cool um, swimming stuff. I'm really into like sports stuff, like, like for commercials. Like shooting sports stuff. Yeah, I love sports for commercials. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. It's like always really fun. Like, cause it's always really fun. You get to play like movement and like yeah. a little bit more. Usually, a little more dramatic lighting because that's just sort of nat- more naturalistic for a lot of those settings. Um, well, and also those people. If you think about it, if you're shooting sports stuff those athletes are sort of like actors. Oh, totally. Like trained actors because they're, they're great at what they're doing. Right. Right. And they're just like, do it, do it again, do it again. And it's right. like, they're like Olympians just like, yeah, I'll just keep doing this. Like, yeah. Think whatever. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah, I'm, they are perfect. And it's just right. it's so amazing to watch and to like, yeah, I get to like interact with them. Yeah. I kind of, I, I, I sort of didn't, not that I didn't realize it, but you kind of take it for granted when you're watching stuff. You're kind of like, like, um, I don't know. There's a lot of sports stuff, right? And yeah. especially in the commercial world. And there's a lot there's, of like, that's the one that there's like so much bullshit about too, I think. What do, you, what do you mean? You know what I mean? There's a lot of like, because trying to make something look intense is always like a little right, bit right, of right. like a, a thing there that you have to do. But <laughs> it's okay. It's fun. Like, Energy, I don't know. Yeah. What is your favorite? Well, other than um, shooting the actual sports stuff, well, another thing that I feel like sports stuff gets just because usually, um, I don't know, you get to just like sort of go crazy a little bit. Like yeah. the, I feel like the rules are a little bit more off as exactly. far as like when you lose the dialogue, you can kind of like I don't know. And like everything makes sense. Like nothing has to be super motivated because it can, it's all motivated because there's something really intense happening in this very small amount of time or something. So like anything really flies. And I kind of like that. You just get to like kind of let your imagination run wild with it a little bit. So to speak. Right. 
you you also um, did something. You did a music video with Jared, right? Um, I forget yeah. who the artist was. Yeah, we did um, Alec um, Benjamin, Alec Benjamin, earlier yeah. this year with Alicia Cara. Yeah. Work, working with I've shot a few music videos for Jared and working with Jared on music videos is actually like super um refreshing. Did you find yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. Like in what way are you talking about? I guess. Uh at least in the way that I I found refreshing for me it was like He's very thoughtful. The, very thoughtful yeah. and like also very spontaneous. Yes. You know? Yeah, like in the moment things will change and he'll just kind of like look at the ground for a minute, put his hands on his hips right. and like shake his head and be like, "Never mind. Okay, so this is what we're going to do." And you're like, "Okay, here right. we go." But it's yeah. all it's always trying to get at something um sort of like we were talking about earlier, like something singular, like something that doesn't yes. um quite exist anywhere else. Well, know? I think he just has a vision and looks at things in a way that you wouldn't expect them to be seen. And exactly. that's what right. really works for for his work because even that music video was a really great example. It's like, um, it's like a pop song, right? It's like you could have shot that in such a poppy, like, right? You know, really dramatic, sort of stylized, whatever way. But the way that he chose to do it was to really focus on stillness, and it was just these really slow, like zooms, and right. and these like perfect, like, you know, like these perfectly framed, like little moments and it brought it brings so much gravity to that song like i heard the song originally and i was like yeah it's like a you know it's a pop song like it's cool but then you listen to it with that and it it feels much different you know what i mean because he he brought a different tone to it he brought a tone out of it maybe you know right and that's that's his his um what's something that's inside of him that he how he saw that you know right so yeah i i think he's amazing and I love yeah. his work. So I'm super lucky to have gotten to work with him already twice this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One thing he, I don't know if he, how he does necessarily on commercial stuff, but at least with music videos, he's very good about isolating himself too. Like to not like really re- going within some, like the limits that he has, you know what I mean? Even yeah. like location wise, like, you know, early on in the treatment phase, like building something to be a single house or like a single location or a box you know or like nothing or like just like darkness or whatever i think it was like um that was the thing that i i took away from like he's really good also about like squeezing as much stuff out as as possible out of things yeah like out of like a little moment or something like really trying and you see it in the edit and it works but when you're shooting it you're kind of like he's like i hope this works (laughs) (laughs) but we trust you know yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, but he, he's, he's already seen it, you know? And I remember even with that music video sitting with him at, um, him and the producer had like a Airbnb, Airbnb and I went right. over to like do some prep and he was just sitting there like listening to it, just like with his head down for like a good, a good bit, you know? And he was like, yeah. and I, I, I don't remember specifically what it was or I do, but it's sort of irrelevant, but it's, he was just like, okay, we can't have like them do this or whatever. It was like, they can't be in the same place or whatever right. the thing was. And he just like had to sit there and like see it in his mind, like over and over again for a few times. Right. And he was like, okay, it's not going to work. And then yeah. he was like, change it, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, and I was like, damn, like that wouldn't have been my instinct, you know, but like you get to the edit and you're like, that's totally right. right. Like it wouldn't have worked the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's, so. a, he's an interesting character, man. He totally is. He's, He's fun though. He, yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's fun in a dad way, you know, total, total dad humor. <laughs> to- totally. Yeah. yeah. I miss, I miss him being a part of the show. I, do. Oh, I know. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah. I thought about emailing him being like, Hey, Allison's going to come on. You Yo, should guest appearance. call in. <laughs> but then I was like, nah, fuck him. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Screw him. <laughs> He's got enough going on. I don't know. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's killing it. Yeah. Um, Do you guys get to see each other much? We don't. I mean, I used to do a lot of work in North Carolina um, because he was hiring me for work in North Carolina, and like uh, a lot of the other guys that he worked at uh, worked with at at like Elevation stuff. After he left, those guys would still hire me for like to come out and direct. You know some things or something. So every time I'd, I'd go out there, I'd, I'd stay at his house and hang out and stuff. But 
Yeah. All those guys left their jobs, so nobody's there to hire me yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I got to make an excuse to go over there, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But um, so I want to kind of end this with like sort of a, a little bit of a practical thing. I know what we talked about so far is a little bit more like theoretical, but I want to break down, Oh, if you don't mind, I want to mm-hmm. just like ask you about a certain – Sure. Um, what was it called? And I want to make sure that it was that it was um, the same one because I know you did a lot of stuff with Cole. Um, but we've had Cole on the show, and he's a good friend of mine. So I wanted to see yeah, I love Cole. Um, some behind the scenes stuff of uh, my internet. Jesus Christ! Do you not remember S- what was in S-O? S-O? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to see if just because we we sort of I don't know, I, I love how he works. Um he's like really prep heavy. Like he he preps like very meticulously. He is, yeah. Even for ESO, he does, yeah. We even like um and I do this a lot now too. I and I he he would shoot sequences and then edit them on his phone to make sure they all worked. You know what I mean? Cuz they were like Wait, like like during, action during a production no, 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 just like in the scout. Oh, and, okay, gotcha, gotcha. And I thought that was like so brilliant because you can kind of like figure out. I mean, it wasn't perfect. It was just a little, it was like rough. But yeah, of course. I yeah. just thought like, wow, what a great idea to be able to like make sure this yeah. action, if, especially when you're shooting. It was really only, it wasn't like the whole spot. It was just for like an action sequence or two just to make right. sure that the cuts kind of worked um, because he had, you know, he was, yeah. But anyways, I just remember he, he does he does do a lot of prep and he, we would, uh that was in Toronto. Yeah. What, is, what the, is that sort of mentality that he brings sort of change for you um, with, uh, with the um, cinematography side of it? Interesting. I'm trying to remember um, for this project specifically if I have any examples. But Cole's like, yeah, he does do a lot of prep and he does do a lot of like prevish, I think, as well. Um, right. And he – He's really like he has like an iPad that he carries around with all his little his little like plotting right. ideas. You know, he's like a ma- little mastermind with his his plots. Um, but yeah, he's like I I think he like I feel like we've gotten a lot of like FaceTime in as like bef- even a little before the scout or because we've only been on travel jobs together, I guess essentially. So mm-hmm. like we've always kind of been around a lot. We've just had like a lot of discussions as we're prepping. Um, so that's always like hugely beneficial when it doesn't have to necessarily be as formal either. Mm-hmm. You know, you could kind of just keep going all day and riffing right. off of each other. Um, and then throughout the scout as well. Yeah. He was definitely, um, very involved. I mean, that shoot was really, I remember he kind of like <laughs> felt bad for me cause we had like really wide, big spaces and we couldn't, our schedule was so tight for that. Like we couldn't light much. Right. Um, so that was like a thing we had to be really really fast with anything that we did um and i think we found like a really good happy medium in a lot of places some things you know they maybe aren't perfect how i would do them um and but i think the the story's still there and i think that's what's more important especially with his work like it's the story's so important and so it's like i'm not going to compromise like my light you know i'm not I'm, I'm happy to compromise 30 minutes of a lighting setup in order to make sure we can get those extra two shots that we really need right. at the end of the right. day. You know, like that's just stuff you have to do and it's only going to benefit the story because, you know, it can, it'll still look good, but it, even if it could have looked better, it's like, it, it's not going to make sense if we don't capture these moments that he needs. Right. Um, and just like trusting that and letting that sort of guide you, I think is, is, beneficial in a lot of ways um because i think people can get really hung up on like trying to figure out one little piece of it and that half the time like maybe that shot's not even going to be in the edit you know right, <laughs> like right. um but yeah i don't know cole is really he does get a really like um focused too he's kind of one of those you know these guys he's very really intense he's very intense and very and very focused in, in a good way though he's not like you know rude to people or like a mean guy by any means but he definitely and he needs people to he needs people to stay in that zone with him in order to keep moving you know um and he's i think he comes also from um 
I, I, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he came up like making a lot of his own stuff, like kind of on his own. Very, so, I mean, yeah. So very he's very similar. like hands on in every area, if yeah, he can be. You know, like, and sometimes you're just like, okay, we got to step back and like check it out over here. But he he likes to be right up in it with the actors right. and and um, so that's, I mean, that's just his working style, and I I totally understand that, and I really respect that because he gets really great performances out of people. Right. Um, he yeah. he just comes across to me like the. I don't know, like the closest, like the closest in age, like we're not like terribly far apart in age. Mm-hmm. I think he's maybe like six or seven years older than I am, but like, um, he's, I see like, he's just a pure filmmaker. Like he does, yeah. he's not really a director. Like, I feel like he's like the first sort of generation of like people who are like just straight filmmakers because they had to shoot all their own stuff. They had to yeah. like, you know, they didn't get, they didn't have to go through some type of like system of like becoming, you know, a DGA no. director or something like that. No, they like you know? went rogue really early on and just kind of right. like found the way there, you know, and like right. more or less yeah. that's kind of what I did too. So I think you understand people like that a lot better because it's not like this rigid system of like you have to work this way and the union rules right. are this or this or that. It's like, yeah, those things are all helpful and those they're all there for a reason and that system works for a reason. But also there's another way of getting there and it's finding your own path and it's, it's messy and it's fun and it's like exciting. And I don't know. And I think a lot of the times like that, you know, even hanging out with him or Jared or whoever it is on a travel job, it's like, we pretty much like talk about those things anyways, you know, when we're like at dinner or like having drinks or whatever. Um, It's like, yeah, it's, and those are the more interesting pieces about like those to the people that are, are in it are the, one of the major benefits that I get to like work with these people who are such masters at what they're doing and they're on this journey and they're only going up, you know? Right. So yeah, it's, so it's super interesting exciting. To watch his, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, Oh, what was I going to say about the last thing about Cole? I didn't want to blow smoke up his ass either. <laughs> Whatever. No, he's I a think, narrative guy though. Like for sure. You know, he's right. like, He's he knows how to how to get a story and to get like an amazing performance out of something. I think it's so important because that can be lost sometimes in commercials. Yeah, oftentimes. Yeah. I just I spent a couple days with him. Um, I just like invited myself to one of his commercial shoots <laughs> and yeah. like spent a couple <laughs> days with him. Well, and Khalid was shooting it, so oh, I was awesome. like, oh, this makes like I've, I know Khalid, I know Cole. Like, yeah, I've never seen either of them work. I think this would be amazing sort of school for me to just go and watch. Yeah, how did know? that go? I'm curious. It was great. It was it was for like a Christmas thing, so it was so contrary to what Oh, it was a world market thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With oh, the awesome. llamas and stuff. I love that spot, yeah. So I was sort of like the llama guy, like the second unit shooter, like shooting like llamas for a couple of days. Oh my god, that's and, an amazing uh, gig. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> You're the llama guy. So how did you, yeah, how did you see their dynamic? It was, well, Khalid is sort of like Khalid, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, If you, I know, for anybody who doesn't know him, it's very hard for you to understand that. But like, he's, it's like a mix of like, um, he's, he's somebody that pushes you really, really quickly. Like from the moment that you sort Mm -hmm. of meet him, he's sort of just pushing you um creatively or like in life or something you know like what are you doing right now that's like you know he always used to come by when i was working at able and he'd be like awesome so what are you doing like you're shooting you're shooting right right right. he'd be like oh yeah like like just keep going just keep going like just keep shooting and eventually you're gonna get there and i was like okay thanks khalid like like a a little unsolicited but i was like he's so right like you know he is right yeah that's that's the thing that's so scary about khalid is like Sometimes he'll say very sort of harsh things sometimes, but he's normally right, you know? Yeah. Like most because- of the, as, <laughs> if he's talking, sometimes he'll talk about, you know, I remember they, they got in some argument or something and, and while they were like looking at storyboards or something about, I don't know, like the time of day, something needed. Right, no, this is what it was. It was actually fucking amazing to see it go down because they were shooting in this church for this for the performance at the end. Oh yeah, yeah. And they were they were already sort of like pushing up against the budget and Cole was already like putting in some of his rate. <laughs> and um they want they needed to like black out the church and put like Christmas trees outside like 
outside the windows, but it needed to be blacked out because they had to shoot during the day. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you had to like tent everything or like? So they had to tent the entire thing, oh, which was like crazy. just an insane Man. amount of money and yeah. like made it, it, it wasn't necessarily that it cost so much. I think it was like, now our guys are going to definitely go into four hours of OT, which means this amount, you know, they have to show up this early to do this. It's just like worked in to just like fuck up everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Khalid, and like you kind of saw Cole sort of like him and Khalid were like banded together to be like, no, we have to block it out. And then their producers like over time just kind of kept on bringing it up. And like this thing, like, hey guys, let's really try and reconsider it. And then they like held their ground. And, and it was just interesting to see Cole follow Khalid sometimes. And then mm-hmm. sometimes Khalid would say something and Cole would just his version of like going up against Cole would be like going up against Khalid would be to just like not respond to what he said. Yeah. You know, it would just be like, you know, almost like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. But like, yeah, Khalid exactly. really wanted to fight for something. That's interesting. I feel like that's a Coleism for sure. Yeah. Like, you bring up, you're like, oh, we could do this and this. He's like, that's interesting. Right. And you're like, but if you look at the spot, no? <laughs> look, at this, look at the spot and like see if you see any Christmas trees out the window, you know, like, there's, you can't see him ever, but it was like the smallest, <laughs> smallest detail that they were so hung up about. Um, oh my god, it was you should. So <laughs> we just had a situation like that in Phoenix with, or where was it? Tucson when I was with Jared with this. Oh really? We basically needed an underwater uh, techno crane, and we like a couldn't afford Jeez. it. B, there's not one anywhere near there. Like you have to get it <laughs> in from LA, so it was like significantly more expensive. And so our our local guys there like tried to build this thing out of like a Jimmy Jib and like and they were like we swear it's gonna work and it was a whole thing that like took them like four hours of like pre rigging and like just totally didn't work. work. It didn't work at all. (laughs) I mean, there was like because once you start, we're trying to track a swimmer underwater, like so we had to attach the housing to the end of this speed rail that was attached like a Jimmy Jib that was on a track outside of the water. It was a whole thing, and it was. Actually, like, I'm sure we'll look back on it and laugh, but we all, like, thought about it this for, like, two days, and we were like, I guess this is what we have to do, and this is the right. only option, because there was, like, no other options there, you know, other than just, like, somebody, like, swimming, but we couldn't keep up with them, and so we thought this might go faster, and it was just totally didn't work. Yeah. I think the guys there, too, were like, oh, we've done this before. It totally works, and we we're just like, are you sure? <laughs> and we were, we, yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be joking about that until... Uh, I had to do that or two years ago for the same exact thing trying to follow this person underwater in a pool like an so, Olympic sized pool yeah that's what ours was so too. much more so much harder than you would imagine it's so hard yeah it's like oh there's like a very very DIY version of this and then there's the hundred thousand dollar version of this yeah there's really there's like no middle ground <laughs> so like all we had yeah. to, like our our setup was basically like we borrowed a canoe tied a rope to both sides of it and then our gaffer like created this thing where he could just run across the room and pull it while our DP like hung his hand in the water. Does that make yeah. sense? See, and that's it, what I thought. Like we were, I thought just somebody like with like a, a line lit rigged to them could like be pulled or something. I, that was my <laughs> idea, but then I don't know. But you couldn't, you got... couldn't use like a, you couldn't use a mini or whatever you're shooting with. It had, it had to be like a DSLR. Yeah. DSLR. Totally. We ended up figuring it out. We got some great stuff, and it totally works because it was like a thirty-second spot or whatever. Right. But like, it was definitely really funny. But for anybody Good listening, time. there's a market there. If anybody can figure it out, yeah. Oh, so we had a second shoot right after that, and our underwater op was like, he's like a um, like a Nat Geo underwater op because we were oh, shooting wow. like San Diego. He's amazing, but yeah. he brought an underwater. We rented an underwater scooter for him. And that actually worked quite nice. Wait, what, is, how, what do you mean? What There's that like it's a little like? like torpedo looking thing that you just hold Holy on to. Shit. And he he rigged a base plate so that we could put the underwater housing onto this little torpedo thing. So you have limited amount of like you know, you kind of have to be like on a wider lens or something, but you can track right. at their speed pretty reasonably like for so at least it's- a It's motorized? Yeah, there's like a little fan thing. It's like a, essentially like an underwater drone. Yeah, but like like someone's controlling he, it, like that? yeah, like he's a ta- he holds onto the back and like um whoa like flippers, you know, like yeah. he like swims with it, but it's like but it makes him go super fast. I have videos I can send you. Holy shit! He's genius. I'm telling you. <laughs> Please send that to me. I just need to see. Yeah, I've never heard of that in my entire life. 
Yeah. That seems we ended pretty up, reasonable. We ended up like totally not having time to do it. We did like one or two shots on it, but you know, of course. That's but, um, usually how it works. Like I always feel like I'm in those situations, like you're just kind of sort of like breaking the genie's like heart. Yeah. Been two hours setting up something, and, and like, you're like, "Oh, we killed that." Sorry. Hey, we're actually just gonna go by this window over here. Um, it looks better. Oh yeah. no! Yeah, and they're just like, "Okay." Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, um, Allison, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I this hope this this is your first podcast interview. My, I hope it my went first well. podcast. It was relatively painless, I would say. Yeah. I'm not well, gonna listen to it though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week on Good. So good to be back. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Allison Anderson. And as always, much love from your hosts, myself, Jared Hogan, and Christian Schultz as well. And a big shout out to Christian Stropko, or as we call him around here, Christian number two, for editing and mixing this episode. And also Eames for our podcast theme song. You can check out him and more at musicbed.com for all your music licensing needs, as well as filmsupply.com for all of your footage licensing needs. We, uh, we love you. All of you. Okay.